Well, hello and welcome to this English class where you get to ask me questions and once again, I try to answer them. I know it sounds like the same thing every week because it is the same thing every week. Uh, I kind of like routine. Um, I know some of you like routine. I don't like to change my routine too often. So, for three Saturdays every month, I do this live English class where people can ask questions and I try to answer them. Uh, big shout out to a bunch of members in the chat and other regulars as well. I see Sylvia here. Judith is here. Hi, Judith. Good to see you. Uh, Mode Eggs is here. Uh, Savio is here. Semra is here. Lolly Lolly. Brent from American English with this guy. Anuat. Julia Olise. Maria C. If I scroll back, Mode Eggs is here. And Todd and Dave, of course, are here as well. If I didn't give, if I didn't say your name, I'm sorry. If I spend too much time saying hi to people, it's just a live English lesson where I say hi to people. At some point during the lesson, I do need to get started. So, um, Mode Eggs actually is saying in the chat, will there be a live next Saturday? No, I think next Saturday is my day off. I think this is uh, live stream three. I do three. Take a Saturday off and then do three again. So, I think next Saturday will be a day off. We'll see. I have to check my schedule at Mode Eggs. Uh, Rod, the Brazilian English teacher is here of course too in the chat and Guhan is here and uh, sorry, Guhan wanted to know if I could do GeoGuessr in the mornings instead of the evenings but at this point, Guhan, it will be an evening live stream on my other channel. Hey folks, I think it's time though for me to stop talking and greeting people and time to start responding to the question. So, let's see where the question let's see what the first question is. The first question is from Ruslan. Now, please remember you can ask questions about the English language. Uh, 90% of the questions are usually about the English language and I try to answer them. Um, You can ask questions about me. That's fine as well but please do use the link that Todd and Dave share in the chat to ask your question. Please use the chat to have conversations with each other. Ruslan says, hello, the coolest teacher, Bob. Thanks for the compliment, Ruslan. How are you? I'm fine. I hope you are well as well. What's your favorite car brand? Which model would you like to buy next? Have a nice day, sir. So, I don't have a particular car brand that I would consider my favorite. Um, As I've mentioned in the past, my my favorite car is any car that's uh, used, has low kilometers, and is cheap. That's my favorite car brand. Currently, I have a Dodge van and I have a Chevy van. Uh, We have two vans because one van is used mostly to bring flowers to market during part of the year. Um, So, we have two vehicles and that's what uh, yeah. So, I have a Dodge and I have a Chevy. I've owned almost every kind of vehicle imaginable. As long as it's cheap um, and as long as it doesn't have very many kilometers on it. Um, I will buy it. Mike has the next question. Hi, Bob. Could you use these in example sentences? Scratchy, blatant, and blob. Thanks. So, sometimes when I don't shave, uh, my beard gets scratchy or itchy, okay? So, it's just really scratchy. Um, Let me just do a quick check on that word for a sec. Um, There was a cartoon with itchy and scratchy in it a long time ago. Um, Scratchy is as having a rough, uncomfortable tenure texture and tending to cause itching. So, yes, there you go. When something is blatant, it is obvious. Um sometimes my children will lie. Believe it or not, children lie sometimes and it will be blatant. It will be a blatant lie. It will be completely obvious 
that they are lying. And a blob is anything, you know, kind of big. Um some people describe themselves that way like if I eat too much, I turn into a blob which would be someone who's overweight. It's not a nice word but that's definitely uh some of the meanings that it has. Andre Padron. By the way, I think there's two Andre Padron. There's Andre Padron with an accent on the E and then there's another Andre Padron in the chat without. So, interesting. Hello, mister Bob. You're my rock star of English lessons. Thank you. Is it annoying if I only use formal words? No phrasal verbs, no idioms, no slang. Thanks. No. In fact, I think that when you speak using mostly formal structured language, no contractions, no phrasal verbs, no idioms, no slang, it can sound a little bit different. It doesn't sound odd and it's not wrong and it's actually a good way to start speaking the language um because uh you're communicating well when you do that. So, um I know it certainly wouldn't be annoying at all if you did that and it would be a great entry into learning how to use idioms and phrasal verbs for sure. Let's see here. Next question is from Army Ant. Army Ant says, hi, teacher Bob. Please explain to me. I'm gonna add a two in the sentence. Please explain to me the difference between the words to believe and to trust. So, when you believe something, it means that you think it's true in your mind, okay? So, if you believe the earth is flat, then in your mind, you think that that is true. When you trust though, you usually trust another person or an organization. So, when I was a kid, I trusted my parents. That means I thought they would always do the right thing for me. I thought they would always tell me the truth. Um I trusted my parents. So, there is a slight difference. In fact, you can use the verb to believe to define trust because I believed my parents would do the right thing for me. I was convinced of it. Uh let's see here. Um Eduardo. Hi, Eduardo. Um I do wanna jump over to the chat though and say hi to Julia Olise and hi to Elsa Martinez. Hi to MD Mobasher, Sevket, Marco Martinez, Mickey Ellis, Tian Bach, uh, Yaya, <laughs> Natalia Illusion is here. Hi, Natalia. Good to see you. Uh Semra is here and many others and Chu Thor Kyu Tai Hao. I probably totally messed up your name but I do wanna say hi to you. Uh, and Marco Martinez. Uh Eduardo's question. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, Eduardo. Could you give me some examples using what are you up to? Go crash it. Don't beat around the bush. Thanks so much. So, the middle phrase um go crash it. I don't use that phrase. I'm not sure if that's a newer phrase or maybe it's used in other English speaking countries um but I don't use that phrase regularly. It's not familiar to me but what are you up to is a greeting you use when you're approaching someone who's doing something. Um a good example is this. Sometimes at school when I am walking around, students might be doing something they're not supposed to and I might say, hey, what are you up to? What are you guys up to? Or what are you what are you guys doing? What are you up to? So, generally, it's when someone's doing something. If Jen was sitting at our kitchen table and she was writing things down uh and looking at her computer, I would say, hey, what are you up to? It's basically a way to ask what someone is in the process of doing. Uh and don't beat around the bush means just tell me the truth. Don't tell me all kinds of other things. Just tell me exactly what's going on um instead of yeah. Sometimes when people are explaining things, they they just give you little details and you want the main detail. Uh next question is from 
arena. Hi, Bob. Please explain the difference between to sit and to seat. To thaw. We need to put an A in there instead of an O. To thaw and to defrost. And my second question is how to use to dress the part. Thank you. So, to sit. So, when I sit, if I'm standing and then I sit, okay? I'm going to go sit in a chair. But when you seat someone, we usually use this to talk about a restaurant. When you go to a restaurant, the host that you meet or the um waiter or waitress, they might seat you. That means they walk with you to a table and they tell you they you can sit at that table. So, sometimes when you go to a restaurant, there will be a sign that says, please wait to be seated. That means that someone else is going to come and say, okay, follow me and bring you to a table and then you can sit at that table. Um thaw and defrost are used almost interchangeably. You know, I'm going to thaw out some meat. I'm going to defrost some meat. It's when something goes from being frozen uh to being uh, thawed out, I guess, or defrosted. And Brent in the chat says, what? Canadian students get in trouble? I thought they were all perfect little angels. Some are. Most are. It brings up another good phrase in uh, in English. Kids will be kids though. So, sometimes kids do things that they're not supposed to. Let's see here. Next question is from Lisa. Hi, Bob. Can you give me some tips on how to sound British? <laughs> I've watched Harry Potter and I really like the accent. Do you know any tips? Thank you. Well, first of all, stop watching my videos because I don't have a British accent and often what you listen to the most is what you will mimic or what you will use to uh, help your own pronunciation. Uh so, I would recommend that you find a good British English teacher on YouTube and most importantly, if you are doing conversation practice, find someone who speaks British English on Cambly or Italki or Preply. Um so, certainly you can keep watching my videos but I I don't have a British accent. That's my really bad British accent. I hope no British people are watching. I can't do a British accent very good. Um but yes, number one thing I would recommend is um stop watching my videos and watch a British uh English teacher. You you can still watch mine by the way but uh, certainly you would need to add some formal training or informal training from someone who has that particular accent. Uh Mary Kay. Yes, by the way, Sometimes I do tell people not to watch my videos. Sometimes it's good. I've even told people before if you want to improve your English, start watching other English YouTubers. If you just watch me, you'll just learn to understand me. So, sometimes it's important to hear other people speak the language. Mary Kay, hi teacher Bob. What does it mean when someone or something is off the charts? Thank you in advance. It means it is more awesome than you were expecting it to be. So, you might go to a concert and someone says, hey, how was the concert? Oh, it was off the charts. Um it just means that something was good in abundance or in an extreme way. It was certainly um really really awesome. Let's see here. Um just scrolling back through the chat. Say the Canadian A with the British accent. I wonder how it sounds. That's from Mode Eggs in the chat. Uh and Andre Patron says it was a funny British accent. Yeah, I can I don't wanna do a southern accent because I don't want to offend Brent or Brent's wife but uh um I can do a little bit of a southern accent. I'll do that someday, not right now. 
Uh, I'll save that for later, y'all. That's what that's all I'll say about that one. Let's move on before things get a little bit too boring. Next question from Duria. Hi, teacher Bob. Why do native speakers use verbs with prepositions like not just cook but cook up? Well, Duria, that's a really good question and I don't know why we do that. So, this morning, I cooked an egg. I could say this morning, I cooked up an egg. I could say, hey, family, I'm gonna cook up some supper for everybody. I don't know why we add prepositions sometimes. Sometimes, they're important. Okay? Like um when you're using phrasal verbs, uh you need to use the preposition because it's part of the meaning of the verb. But yeah, um sometimes we use prepositions for no reason. Like I'm gonna cook up um I'm gonna yeah, I was I I can't think of another one off the top of my head but um sorry, lost my train of thought there. It might be an interesting lesson today because um I'm not thinking clearly this morning. I don't know why. I had a good night's sleep. Um let's go to the next question. Natalia says, I used a lot of hard to pronounce words. In the worst case, the waste can be burned in incineration plants or dumped in landfills. That is burn or bury. Is it right? So, let me re- re- let me repeat all of that. I did add ed to the word dump. Okay, or dumped. So, here it is again. In the worst case, the waste can be burned in incineration plants or dumped in landfills. That is burned or buried. I I think I would change those last two words, Natalia. That is burned or buried. Um that's how I would say it and that's how I would uh, write that sentence. Ashraf has the next question. Let me just check my chat here. Hashtag Bob speaks British. <laughs> Oi. <laughs> Wait, is that Australian? I don't know. Um, let's see here. Um, let's see. If you're from the American South, you need to have a thick skin. They're often the butt of jokes. So, apparently, I can do my my southern uh, apparently, apparently, I can do my southern accent if you want me to. Well, I don't think I'm gonna do it for very long. That's that's it, Brent. That's all I got. Let me get back to Ashraf's question. Uh, let's see here. What is the difference between pull your weight and pull your socks up? They are pretty much the same thing. If someone is being lazy, if someone isn't doing well in school, if someone is doing a job and they're not doing a good job, you would say, hey, you need to pull your weight. You need to pull your socks up. Pull your weight means a little bit more like do the same amount as everyone else. So, if you have a team of four people, you want everyone to pull their weight. And pull your socks up might be more of an individual thing like that person needs to pull their socks up. Um but they for the most part have the same intention when you use them. You're telling someone to do a better job. Athanasios. Actually, Athanasios forgot the H in his name. So, today it's Athanasios. (laughs) Hello, dear teacher. How are you, sir? Could you please tell me the difference between decipher and decode? Thank you. Um we would use these in the same way. You know, if you had um if someone gave you a letter and it was in code, you would need to decipher it or you would need to decode it. We would use both for sure. Um Brent is rolling over laughing from my my southern accent. <laughs> and it's on now it's it's recorded so it can be played back anytime anyone wants to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> let me go to the next question. Wait, let me make sure I answered Athanasios's question. Okay, and 
from Pedro. Is there any difference for example between I like to play and I like playing? No. So, let's add um piano to that, right? I like to play piano. I like playing the piano. So, it gets a little tricky when you add something like when you add the object of it but if you say um you know, I like to play outside or I like playing outside, they mean the same thing and we would literally use them interchangeably. I know there are rules probably saying that you shouldn't but uh my kids could say to me, oh, I like I like to play video games or I like playing video games and they mean exactly the same thing and they could choose to use either phrase uh, equally. Hey, I do wanna pause and say hi to the 383 people watching. Hi, everybody. If you're wondering what this is, this is an English class, an English lesson where people submit questions and I try to answer them. Today, I'm being a little bit extra silly. I don't know why. Um if you're new here though, there is a subscribe button over there. If you click it, you'll get notified when I put out new lessons. Okay, sounds like everything is still working well. And thanks for the question, Pedro. Let's get to the next question. Um Murdad says, Bob, hi, Bob. I have a question about yesterday's lesson. So, yesterday's lesson was on water um and it's available to watch right now if you still want to watch it. There will be a shorter version out um in a few hours that you can watch as well. Um and Murdad says, what do you call the water temperature which is not hot or cold? Like the water we you we use to take a shower. So, there is the term lukewarm. Although, I would say lukewarm probably isn't the word we would use for the when we take a shower because like I usually take a shower where the water's hot enough or just warm enough. Lukewarm is neither cold nor hot and it's kind of in the middle. Um most people like to take a hot shower but when they say hot, they mean like a pleasant hot, a pleasant kind of hot. Although Jen has been telling me I'm supposed to uh for the last minute of my shower turn the water to cold. It's supposed to make you healthier. I don't know. Maybe I'll try that. Similar to those of you that live in northern places where you like jump in a lake and then go in a sauna right afterwards, I guess. We'll see. Joey from China says, could you pronounce an hour please? Thanks. So, I'm going to do this live lesson for about an hour. Um in about an hour, I'll be done. We've been going for about oh, almost 20 minutes. So, less than an hour. So, it really becomes one word, doesn't it? It's an hour, an hour, an hour, an hour. So, in an hour, in about an hour. Um yeah and then Jen and I are gonna spend about an hour this afternoon cleaning up the yard. We're gonna spend about an hour. So, you can see how it really, oops, it really mushes together, doesn't it? Okay, let me see here. Leo has the next question and Leo says, hi, Bob. What is the difference between, okay? I'm gonna use between instead of among. Between news magazines and newspapers. So, the news is a general term that we use to refer to television, the internet, um even YouTube, even newspapers. Um like oh, oh, I read in the news the other day that um uh there's not enough vaccines in Canada, right? Or I heard on the news the other day or I saw on the news. So, it's a general term. Magazines are actually things that not many people get anymore but they used to come out once a month sometimes twice a month and it's just like a color small pamphlet. 
um, about 50 to 150 pages long um, about a certain subject, okay? And then newspapers are still the old like it's white paper with black ink. They have headlines and uh actually newspapers in Canada aren't doing well. Not very many people buy newspapers anymore. Um it's becoming more and more rare. Uh let's see here. Next question is from Elnari. Anyhow, Bob, what is the difference? What's the difference between sleep and slumber? They mean the same thing. We don't use the word slumber very often anymore. You'll read the word slumber in like old stories or fairy tales, right? Like um slumber and sleep but we sleep is just when you close your eyes and you drift off or you nod off and you spend a little bit of time uh, unconscious. So, yeah, slumber is a fairly old word uh for sure. I'm gonna look up the actual meaning of slumber for a second. Can't spell it for some reason. Slumber. Um to sleep. Slumber to sleep. There you go. So, yeah and then the example they give is that from the fairy tale, sleeping beauty slumbered in her forest uh castle. So, definitely means to sleep. Tai Hoa says, hi Bob. Have a great day. I love your live lesson. So, my question is, how many people got vaccinated in your country? So, I don't know the exact numbers. I think we have close to 20% of Canada has their first dose. Now, Canada is doing something that some people don't like in that we are allowing four months between doses instead of uh 21 days. So, we have a lot more people vaccinated with their first dose. So, for myself as well, my first dose was last week. My second dose is in August. Although, I know uh in the United States, I'm pretty sure Brent got his first and second doses about two or three weeks apart, maybe four weeks. Um so, yeah, hopefully we're doing the right thing. We'll see. Um Fox in a plastic bag. What does what is the difference between a plastic bag and a wrapper, for example, for crisps? In my opinion, in my humble opinion, they both are plastic bags. Yeah, in somewhat. When we say plastic bag here in Canada, we mean the plastic bag you get from the grocery store, okay? Um so, we wouldn't say that chips or crisps come in a plastic bag. Um generally, when people are like, hey, do you have a plastic bag? They're talking about the bag you get when you buy your groceries. Um Jen and I actually don't use plastic bags. We have our own bags that we take to the grocery store every time we go. Um but uh Yes, plastic bags usually we use. It's it's a general term but it usually refers to the bag you get from the grocery store. Um Arturo says, morning, mister Bob. Could you please tell me if you know any site where I can find nice games to use in a classroom? Thank you so much. I don't know any websites that have cool games um to help teach English um but I will look Arturo. Can you leave a comment below this video later? And I will do some um I'll do some searching. So, let's see. Uh Brent says, Brent from American English with this guy. Yes, four weeks apart. I was fully vaccinated this past Wednesday but there's talk of a third dose around the end of the year. Yeah, I know we are Canada is buying enough vaccines to redose everyone until 2024. So, we'll see how those things go. Um let's see here. Um mode. 
Mode's question is this. Hello, Mr. Of Bright Shining Fame. Yes. So, the name Bob is a short form of the name Robert and apparently, that's what my name means of Bright Shining Fame which didn't really make sense to me but I guess maybe if you're on YouTube, maybe you're a little bit famous but anyways. Number one, can we use vibrant with the color white? Is there any difference between inquiry and query? Thanks. Tons of thanks. So, the for the second one, not really. Um you know, if you query something, it's a verb and an inquiry uh would be a, a noun. So, a little bit of difference in terms of usage but they both mean to seek after information, okay? Or a process to do that. We wouldn't use vibrant for the color white. Um we might say, you know, it's pure white, it's off white. Um there's a couple of references for the color white but uh usually vibrant is reserved for other colors. So, if something is you know, bright yellow and orange and green, it's just very vibrant, okay? So, we definitely wouldn't use it for the word white. Leandro says, hi, Bob. Today is the first time live. Well, welcome to the live lesson. Could you explain the difference between concerned, worried, and preoccupied? Thanks in advance. So, concerned and worried are basically the same thing. If one of my children is out late, I'm usually concerned. I'm usually worried, okay? When you're preoccupied, it means that you're concerned or worried about something or excited about something and you can't stop thinking about it. Sometimes it's hard for me to focus on my work because I'm preoccupied uh with thinking about the next English lesson I'm going to create. So, when you're preoccupied, it means that you're you're thinking about one thing while doing other things. You can't stop thinking about it. Um let's see here. Um Aldrin has the next question. Gonna keep an eye on the time here. Aldrin says, the opposite word of big is little or small. Thank you for giving me a chance to ask a question. Thank you for the explanations too. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. So, it depends. So, if I say my uncle is big but his son is little, it means that my uncle's tall and it might mean he has a lot of muscles and it might mean my cousin is shorter but I could also say small in that situation, okay? Um so, big and little can mean height and big and small can mean size. So, it it is tricky, I think. Let's see. Grab me a small cup. Grab me a little cup. We do use those interchangeably. Um I'll have a small cup of water. Yeah. When I'm talking about quantity, I would probably use small. Um like I'll have a small cup of water. Uh, I'll have a small order of fries. We don't use little there. Um tricky one, Aldrin. Yeah, I don't know the perfect answer to that. Uh Alexandra says, hi, how are you? I have a grammar question. Why do we use the article an for ear and ear but ah for year, a year? Don't they have the same pronunciation? Thanks. So, my on my head, I have an ear, okay? I have an ear but I've been doing this for more than a year. They do have slightly different pronunciations. An ear, you do say the n, an ear. And then a year. So there's no n, there's no little tiny n sound when I say a year. Um so yes, slightly different pronunciation. Um M source says, Hi Bob, what does the phrase blow the whistle mean? So when you blow the whistle on someone, it means you tell on them. Let's say your supervisor at work is stealing money. 
If you go and tell the boss or the owner of the company, we would say that you are blowing the whistle on your supervisor. You are going and telling someone what they are doing. Margo, hi teacher. Could you give some examples of where I can use the construction has had? Still can't. I still don't get it. Thank you. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Like he has had a difficult year. He's had a difficult year. He has had a difficult year. So, sometimes it means the same. We don't actually need both verbs. We don't need the auxiliary verb. Um but let me see here. Um he has had a difficult year. The school has had a good year. The farm has had an exciting year. Yeah, it's just uh there's some examples. I I'm I am working my way towards doing lessons on all the verb tenses. So, I'll explain it more uh in a few weeks when I do get there. So, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Daniel says, I'm new here. Well, welcome. How long do you think is the ideal time every day to learn English? So, I'm not basing this on any evidence. I'm basing this on what I know works for me when I'm practicing and learning French. I would say 30 minutes a day, five days a week is the minimum. Um I think 30 minutes a day five days a week is probably not enough to make a lot of progress but it is enough to keep you kind of with it at the front of your mind. I think an hour a day, five days a week is a perfect amount to study a language. Um and then in addition to that, I would say uh expand your listening so that you're listening to English as much as you can. So, 30 minutes a day, five days a week, not quite enough. Uh, an hour a day, five days a week is fairly healthy um but I would add to that that you should be listening to music in English outside of that five hours. Um you should be adding other things to that five hours as well um that you can do throughout the day. Listen to the radio in English when you're in the car, etc. Let's see here. Hatis says, hi, Bob. I appreciate your way of teaching. Thank you. I am from Turkey which is located between Asia and Europe. I think when we played GeoGuessr last week, uh we were in in uh, uh, Turkey for one of those. Um I'm pretty sure that we guessed Turkey. I think I was right or we were right. We'll see. By the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I have started playing GeoGuessr live. Um my time, it's at 7 p.m. on Sundays. So, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. It is a relaxing live stream where just a few people get together and they help me in the chat try to guess what country we're in. So, we go on GeoGuessr which is a cool game. Um anyways, I will uh post a link to that again tomorrow if you want to join. It's on my other channel. It's on my YouTube channel called um Bob's Short English Lessons. So, let's see here. Um I need to make a small change here. We're gonna go to members only chat for just 10 minutes. So, let me set that up. Um by the way, if you're wondering what members only chat is, um I do two live lessons every week and for 10 minutes during the lesson, members, those are all the people whose names are in green, people who have clicked the join button below, members can ask questions directly in the chat. So, I will keep up with questions from the form and also try to answer questions in the chat. Mohammed says, hi, dear teacher Bob. I was reading news and I saw a word that is gotta. What is the meaning of this word? Could you please use this word in a sentence? Thanks. So, when this live lesson is done, I gotta go outside. It basically is the same as saying, 
after this live stream is done, I have to go outside. I'm going to go outside. I got a lot of work to do. That means I have a lot of work to do or I have got a lot of work to do but we use gotta a lot in English, okay? I could say, oh, I'm talking too fast. I gotta slow down or I'm not talking fast enough. I gotta speed up. So, it can mean I'm going to, I have to. It has a number of slightly different meanings. Um let's see here. Julia says, dear teacher, could you please explain these two? That's when you get to it. That's when you get it and you got to be done. They are replies in conversation. Um so, that's when you get it. So, with COVID and other things, when you let your guard down, when you stop wearing a mask and you stop social distancing, that's when you get it. That's basically how you get sick. Um or you could use it to talk about someone understanding something. You could say, if you write this word down ten times, that's when you'll get it. And basically, what you're saying is that's when you will understand it. Um and then, you got to be done. Um if I say to a student, um you've been writing your test for an hour. You've gotta be done. I am adding an auxiliary verb there, eh? You gotta be done. You've got to be done by now. Um so, hopefully that helped Julia. Uh Eugene, we made in Canada an interactive COVID screening kiosk. It can detect blood oxygen, mask wearing, body temperature and hand sanitized. Produced in Montreal, Quebec and it can help reduce cases of COVID. There is some really cool interesting technology coming out and uh I know that I was reading an article about what Eugene is talking about. It sounds pretty cool. Uh Maria C. Wait, modags. Do you say words that end with or were or end in a certain letter? So, words that end in ed or words that end with ed? Um yeah. So, there's a number of ways to say it. Like, how do you say words that end in T? Words that end with a T? You can say it both ways. Um and they're probably used equally in mode eggs for sure. It's hard to pronounce some words that end in D or to pronounce words that end with a D. Uh Maria C. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm good. Did it stop snowing there? Yes, it finally stopped snowing. What an extreme climatic change, right? We should have fall in Argentina and yesterday the temperature reached 27 Celsius. Have a nice day. Yes. Uh for those of you that don't know, here in Ontario, Canada, it's spring and then for a day and a half, we had snow all over the place. Uh it was a little bit crazy. In fact, I can find a slide of that. Here we go. This is what it looked like. Uh this was Wednesday. This past Wednesday, this is what it looked like. It was a little bit uh yeah. A kind of an abrupt change in weather. It was really strange. Um so, Maria, yes, sounds pretty warm down there in Argentina. Uh Madi. Hi, Madi. Yes, English, Spanish, France, or Arabic. I forgot the rest, Bob. <laughs> oh, yes. Um Julia says, yeah, it helps. Thank you so much. No problem. And then, Brent says, has there been any talk of vaccine passports in Canada? No, but um there has been talk of I know a few people who are planning to teach in other countries next year. I know a couple of people and they've talked about how they're being told that to make sure they have all of their vaccinations before September because they'll need to show proof of vaccination in order to travel. I know one teacher who's going to France uh in the fall to teach English and another teacher I think is going to Spain or is it England? I can't remember. Um but they have we don't have a formal vaccine passport but in order for them to enter those countries for their uh job, they have to have one. Have something, some kind of paperwork. 
Um, let's see here. Um, Moto Explore. Hi, Moto Explore. Says, hi, teacher Bob. How to get into a conversation after overhearing part of it? I said what happened but I know it's not correct. Yeah, that's a challenging one. If you hear two people talking and you've heard part of the conversation, it's hard to know how to get in. You have to wait for a pause in the conversation or just wait for them to change the subject. Those are the two things that I would wait for. Uh let's get to the next question from Yasin. Yasin says, hello, Bobby. By the way, Bobby is uh what you call young children who have the name Bob. I'm a little older than that, Yasin. <laughs> hello, Bobby from Iraqi Kurdistan. Today, I have three questions. One, weigh in. When you weigh in, it's, it kind of relates to what we just said. If two people are talking about something and then you say your opinion, we would say that you are weighing in. When you weigh in on a conversation, you express your opinion. Two, got one like I'm gonna gut you. Yeah, that's probably from a movie where there's some violence. I'm not exactly sure how to explain number two. So, I'm gonna leave it. Uh and then three, feed off each other emotionally. So, sometimes when two people are in a relationship, um they might like get energy from each other because of their emotions. It's kind of hard to describe. Trying to think of an example but um yeah, definitely it's when two people they express their emotions and then they kind of get energy or motivation from those emotions or they might be demotivated from those emotions. Uh let me back up to the chat here. Um Semra says, I live in the Aegean region of Turkey. This is a warmer than part of eastern and northern Turkey. It was an awesome sunny day. Very cool. Semra's talking to Maria C by the way. Brent's talking to Madi. I worked in school district that had translators for Somali, Portuguese, Cambodian, uh Khmer, French and Spanish. Very cool. Mode eggs. Does the river you live by freeze sometimes? Do you go ice skating on it? Sometimes it freezes. We rarely go ice skating on it because it's it's never really safe. There's actually a creek on the other side of the road that I used to skate on as a kid but things don't freeze as solid now as they used to when I was a kid. Uh Lolly Lolly. Bonjour Bob. If I meet you by chance in a street in Canada, how should I greet you? Hello Bob. Hello Mr. Bob. Hello sir or in some other way. Merci. Just yell Bob. Just be like Bob. Hi, it's me Lolly and I'll be like Lolly? C'est toi? Qu'est-ce que tu fais au Canada? That's that's what I would do. Just yell Bob. Hey Bob. That's what I would yell. I promise I won't run away. (laughs) Maria C says, Semra, great Semra but you were on my team, right? Winter team. Ah, yes. A little conversation going on there. Uh let's see here. Guhan says, hi, mister Bob. What is the best proverb to describe people who are happy and sad? I don't know melancholy. I don't know what the right word is. Indifferent. There's a lot of different English adjectives to describe someone who isn't happy and isn't sad. I would say the best word to use would be indifferent. That means you don't really care one way or the other. Um it doesn't really matter to you. Um Nurana. Hello, teacher Bob. How's it going? My question is what does abrogation and dispel mean? Thanks. Have a good weekend. So, every once in a while, there's a word that I don't know. I don't know what abrogation means and I'm gonna look it up to make sure it is a word. Let's see here. I have abrogation when you repeal a law. So, I don't know but when you dispel something, it means it kind of 
you make it go away it kind of dis- disappears. So, let's say there's a cloud of smoke um but and the wind might dispel the smoke which means the smoke just kind of disappears into the air. Um let's see here. Um <laughs> Lolly says, haha, thank you, Bob. Um Samra talking to Maria and then Julia says, I promise I won't run away. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if I ever will have someone recognize me in public. I I doubt it because most of you live in other countries. Um especially right now, no one can travel. So, um let's hear. Tomek says, please give us a sentence examples with in hindsight. So, um let me see here. Um I could say this. Um a long time ago, I bought a vehicle and it wasn't a very good vehicle and in hindsight, I should have known that because the person I bought it from didn't take good care of their vehicles. So, when you say in hindsight, it means looking back or um you're referencing that at the time in the past, I should have known that. So, thanks, Tomek. Um and Tomek, I will try to remember when I'm playing GeoGuessr. Um I did some research on the difference between the Netherlands and Holland. So, I'm gonna try. Make sure I get it right all the time tomorrow. Uh let's see here. Ario says, hello, Mr. Bob. How are you? I'm good, Ario. My question. Yesterday, April 23rd was English language day. Did you know about it? I got the information from Mr. Google. Thank you, Ario. I I didn't know that. I should have looked that up. Um I didn't know there was an English language day. You would think as an English teacher, I would know that. Um I didn't know we had a special day. Let me look it up. English language day was yesterday. It was declared uh it's English language day at the UN. So, the United Nations to celebrate. Oh, I didn't know that. I did know that yesterday was um they called it Bard Day. Happy Bard Day. Talking about the fact that it was William Shakespeare's birthday and I think the day he died as well. Shakespeare is still very popular in English speaking countries. If you go and see a play, you will definitely have the opportunity to see a William Shakespeare play. Although, honestly, I don't really understand. I don't really understand Shakespeare sometimes. <laughs> it's a little too complex. Uh Semra says, Bob the Canadian, I just like to listen and watch you. Bob, doesn't matter what you do. You mentioned about anything else. Thanks. Yes, no problem. I'm glad I can be educational and entertaining at the same time. Modags, thank you, Bob, for all your answers. No problem. Hey, I'm gonna make a small change. We're gonna turn off members only live chat. And as I do that, I do wanna thank all of you who are members. Um it is really nice to have so many people who support what I do but also contribute to the live stream when they're here. All of the people whose names are in green are members and I just like seeing the conversations that happen between some of you. It's awesome to know that as I teach and answer questions, um there are people talking. It's different than normal school. (laughs) In my normal classrooms, I don't like it when people talk when I'm trying to teach but during a live lesson, it's cool to see all of the members and other people having conversation. Um Brent says, uh I didn't know about English language day until Ario told me about it. Yeah, I I think that's the first time I found out. I should have done a like celebratory live stream yesterday. Um let's set that up. Hey, Brent. So, make a note. Next year on April 23rd, we should do a live stream together to celebrate English language day. I'll dress up as William Shakespeare. No, I won't dress up. That's William Shakespeare. Uh but we should do something fun. Put on your calendar. 
Uh, let's see here. Next question is from Rosa. Um, Rosa says, hello, Bob. The pronunci- pronunciation of there and there is the same. Yes, when we speak quickly, it's there. Like, um, let's see. They are going, they're going to Toronto. They're going to Toronto. They're going there. There, how's that? They're going to Toronto. They're going there. So, there might be a slight difference but I can't hear it when I say it. They're going to Toronto. They're going there to visit family. They're going there. Yeah, it's the same. And and about distance walked, the is it cover? Oh, yeah. Um, so, sometimes when I go for a walk, I cover two or three kilometers. It's a way of talking about distance. Um, we usually don't use it regularly though. Like, um, I try to cover four or five kilometers a day. Yeah, you can use it for distance but it's kind of a unique word. It's not super um usually we just say went. I went for a walk. How long was your walk? Oh, it was I'm using the verb to be now. It was three kilometers. That would be the way we would say it. Um okay, this is a tricky one because it has two meanings. So, Dimitri says, Hello, immaculate teacher Bob. By the way, can I use this adjective to describe people? My question is, what does grind mean in slang? Thank you and have a good day. So, if you're talking about immaculate, we wouldn't use that very often to describe people because it means perfect or without any flaws. Um in terms of the word grind, um yeah, it was a real grind. It it just means it was hard, right? Like, oh, I went to hockey practice yesterday and it was a real grind. That would mean that hockey practice was a very, very difficult practice uh, for sure. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna scroll back. Lugar says, I'm sorry, Bob, but your thumbnail looks like pixels. It did that yesterday too. So, the thumbnail was normal. And then when I went live, the thumbnail was all pixelated. It was weird. I'm not sure why it did that. Um but yeah, that that's what it did yesterday as well. And then when the live stream was over, it went back to normal. So, I'll have to look into that and see why um why it's doing that. It's kind of weird. Uh let me see here. Sagar says, hi, teacher Bob. What does it mean when someone says, I got you? Like, don't worry, I got you. It can mean I am going to support you. It can mean I understand you. Um like if I say um hey, how long um oh, what when are you coming over? And if someone says, oh, I'll be there in an hour. I just need to pick up some gas. You can say, okay, got you. Uh, I'll see you in an hour. So, it can mean I understand or it can mean I'm going to support you, okay? It's kind of a short form sometimes of I got your back. Um yeah, I'm just looking at the thumbnail right now. It's kind of weird, eh? Like, I had a perfectly good thumbnail and then when I go, I'm sure something's broken at Google and then they will probably fix it uh, at some point in the future. But yes, definitely something broken because the thumbnail was fine earlier. Just somehow now it's gotten a little bit weird looking. Um so, Emre says, hello, Bob. How is it going? Is American English and English different? Which is more useful to find out? Thank you. So, this question comes up from time to time. First of all, my accent is Canadian and it's very it's a lot more similar to American English than it is to British English, okay? I sound a lot more American than someone from uh than I do British, definitely. 
Um that being said, there is still a slight accent that I have. But the type of English you learn depends on why you are learning English. If you are living in Spain and you plan to be someone who does business with people in the UK, you might want to focus on learning a British accent. If you are going to be going to school in America and you wanna learn English because you live in South Korea and you want to work in business and do trade with the United States, you might wanna learn American English. That being said, most English you read is almost identical and listening to different English accents isn't actually bad. Like as an English speaker, I understand people from America, from Australia, from New Zealand, from South Africa, from Britain, uh, from Scotland. You eventually just learn to understand those accents. So, um, don't stress about it too much but if you know that um the reason you're learning English is connected to a certain kind of pronunciation then focus on learning uh, that one. Let's see here. Next question from Zulma. Zulma says, hi teacher Bob. What's the better way to answer when someone says to you have a good day or have a nice day? It's correct to say thanks. So, I usually say you too. Um so, if I'm leaving work and someone says, let's say I'm leaving work early which which you're not supposed to do and someone says, well, hey, have a good day. I would probably say you too, okay? Um if someone said, have a nice day, I'd probably say you too. Um I hope you're having a nice day, you too. Yeah, I would definitely say you too. That would be the most common response I would give. Let's ask Brent in the chat. Brent, if someone said, do you have a good day? What would be your most common response or have a nice day? I think I would almost always say you too. You might say like, I hope you have a good day too. Like that's a really long way to say it but definitely uh yeah, I would probably say that. Um let's see here. Um next question is from Madi which isn't a question. Hi, Bob. I don't have any questions but I want to thank you for your great channel and it's helped me a lot since I've been starting learning English. I I was really I really can't speak English. So, few little things fixed at the end there but Madi, you are very welcome. Um I enjoy this. It's something I like to do um and I will keep doing it and keep helping people like you. So, it's nice to get some positive comments uh for sure. Uh let's see here. Um just see Mode Egg saying it's pretty weird, eh? That was music to my ear. He's having a conversation with Brent but I saw the word a and I thought I should say it out loud so that you can hear the proper English pronunciation of it. Um Brent says, he would say the same thing, you too. Yeah. So, this goes back to the um the previous question where we had um just a sec here. Um I think it's up on the screen now. Yeah. Have a nice day. Have a good day. You too. So, Brent would say the same. That would be the most common. Uh let's ski. See. Let's ski here. We're not gonna ski. Okay. That was a I mispronounced C. Um Tian from Montreal. Hi, Bob. Would you would you like to recommend a TV series to learn English? Thank you. So, there's a couple ways to do this. If you don't watch TV regularly already, then I recommend that you find a TV series not to learn English but because you find it entertaining so that you'll keep watching it. Um I wouldn't watch a TV series specifically to learn English if you don't find it enjoyable. I do that a little bit with French but I 
have disciplined myself to watch French TV every week. So, whether I like the show or not, I force myself to watch it. But if you are just starting to use TV shows to learn English, watch something that you find enjoyable. So, if you like science fiction, find a science fiction show. Uh, If you like police television shows, find one like that. If you like game shows, watch a game show. Um that's that's what I um uh, that's what I would uh that's what I would say. Sorry, I lost my train of thought again. Um next question. I should do a lesson on this one. So, now says, hi, Bob. I always cannot understand if I add the or not when I speak. Like, I got the food or I got food. I cannot tell exactly the difference. So, um if I say something like um what did you have for supper? I had pizza. We don't use the the but I would say to Jen, I'm going to go to town and get the pizza. So, I'm not gonna explain exactly why I use the sometimes and why not because I think there's a whole lesson to be built around this. Um so, I will try to do that but certainly it is difficult, right? Um so, like right now um yeah, I'm trying to think of another example. You kind of put me on the spot. Sometimes my brain kicks out examples really quickly but right now it's not working. So, um now I will do a lesson on this in the future um and try to explain it a little bit different. Uh, a little bit better. So, okay, Laura says, hello, teacher. I got one question. What's the difference between big and large? So, big is kind of a general term for someone who's tall or someone who's you know, wide or like this is a really big mug. Like compared to other mugs, this is a big mug. Normally, mugs in Canada are a little bit smaller. Um and large, yeah. I'm gonna have to look this one up too because I could say this is a large mug. Um we also use large when we're ordering things in a restaurant. Like you can buy a small, a medium or a large. If I say he was a big man or he was a large man, it means the same thing actually. If you say someone is big, it can mean tall and very muscular. So, yeah, um I wanna say they're interchangeable. Like he has, he drives a large truck. He drives a big truck. They own a big dog. They own a large dog. They're they're very close to each other, Laura. Um I'll have to think try to think of examples where we would use something different. Um let's see here. Yaroslav says, hi, dear teacher Bob. I have kind of a strange question. Why do we pronounce C like C but the name Sean as Sean? Thanks. Have a happy weekend. I think it has to do with the origin of the name Sean. So, Sean, I don't know the exact origin but I think it's a variation of the name John. I'll have to look that up. I think Sean and Ian and John are all variations of the same Uh, Let's see of the name Sean. It might be Irish actually. Uh yeah, Sean is Irish. So, one of the reasons is the origin of the name. So, there you go. Um and then maybe the word C has a different origin. Maybe it's from Greek or maybe it's a Latin uh origin on that name. So, you're gonna have slightly different pronunciations with similar spelling. Um Alex has the next question. Hi, Bob. What's the difference between these two sentences? I forgot and I am forgot. So, the second one's not correct. You could say I am forgotten or I have forgotten. 
Um, if they're both correct and where can I use it? So number one, I forgot simply means that you didn't remember something, okay? Did you get the eggs at the grocery store? No, I forgot. Um, did you remember to call your mom? No, I forgot. Um, so that would be those two. Uh, let me see here. A few more questions and we'll wrap this up. Uh, Alina says, hello, teacher Bob. No question. I want to just thank you and say that you are the best teacher. Well, thank you for the compliment, Alina. I'm sure you're an awesome person too uh, but I do appreciate the kind words. Um, Shamil says, in what instances we use the word literally? Please explain with example sentences. So, literally means um that it actually happened that what you are saying is not an exaggeration. So, if I said um I was driving down the road and I had to stop because literally 200 ducks walked across the road. That means that there were like I actually must I counted them. There were 200 ducks. Um so, when you start a sentence with literally or you use literally, you mean that it's what you're going to say next is factually true and accurate, okay? There were literally 18 planes in the sky when I went outside. That means that you you saw them and you counted them. Um so, you're not exaggerating. Daria says, dear Bob, it's my first question here. Is it true that Americans and Canadians dislike each other or is it just a joke? Thank you so much. Canadians and Americans have a unique relationship. Uh we like each other. We actually like each other a lot. In fact, statistically, many Canadians and Americans get married, okay? So, if you look at the data, it's actually quite common for people from Canada to get married to someone from the United States. In fact, I think Brent Brent I think Brent's sister-in-law, I can't remember Brent, sorry, is actually Canadian. Um and I actually have uh my brother-in-law is married to an American. So, it's very common for that to happen. The other thing that's very common is Canadians and Americans go to each other's universities. So, it's very common for Canadians to go to American universities. Um and it's common, maybe less common but Americans come to Canadian universities. We have one of the longest borders. Is it the longest unprotected border in the in the world? We have a long border between our countries. Uh and generally, I would say this. We like each other a lot, okay? Sometimes the Americans do crazy things and we make fun of them. Sometimes Canadians do crazy things and Americans make fun of us. Uh but I would say that generally, Americans and Canadians are very good neighbors. That's how I would put it. Um let's see here. Cecilia says, hello, Bob. Do you like Steve Jobs? Your room looks like Steve Jobs living room. Sorry, I insist on the minimalist aesthetic topic but I love it. Thanks, Bob. So, my room is a little more messy than normal. There's actually my son came home from university. That's his uh keyboard right there and I have a little bit of mess over here I have to clean up but yes, I do like keeping my room empty because it just feels better that way. Uh Brent in the chat says, yes, true. My brother married a Canadian woman. She's my favorite sister-in-law. It's probably Brent's only sister-in-law or if he has another one, hopefully they don't watch my videos to hear him say that. Um let's see here. Um just gonna scroll down. I'm just reading the chat a little bit. I always like to see what Dave and Todd are talking to people about because I don't always have a chance to read everything. Ah, yes. I'm so happy that Dave and Todd are here um because I don't have to worry 
about people in the chat doing crazy stuff because they're always on top of it. Um VJ Nova says, hello teacher Bob. What's the difference between give up, give in and give out? Thank you in advance. When you give up, it means you quit. Like, ah, I tried to be a teacher but uh, you know what? I think I'm gonna give up because I'm not very good at it. I'm gonna quit. If you give in, um let's see how I would describe that. Um like the teams um the team put up a really good fight in the soccer game but eventually they gave in. Okay, they had to give in because they couldn't play at the same level. And when something gives out, we sometimes use this to talk about something that breaks, right? Um or even with your own body. Like I was trying to run five kilometers but my ankle gave out. So, when something gives out, it means it breaks or stops working properly. Um let's see here. Let's do one more question and then we will wrap it up. I'm just gonna have a look here to see how many questions are left. I think there's probably too many. Yeah, there's too many for me to do all of them. So, I will just do one more and we will wrap this up. Bia says, hello, Sir Bob. How are you doing? Please, what is the difference between use and usage? Um yeah, so what is the difference? That's a great question. I actually don't know. Just because the teacher looks up the answer doesn't mean the teacher doesn't know what they're talking about. Um let's see here. Use and usage are often synonyms. Use is a more general word. Usage is more specific. Okay. So, yeah, I don't think we use the word usage a lot. Um but uh, it sounds like they are very, very close. I'm just looking for you know, his use of language is astounding. His usage of language was astounding. So, they can be used interchangeably. We don't use the word usage very often. So, just so you know. Um hey, that's it. I'm gonna wrap this up. This is the end of this live lesson. Couple things that you should know. One, I'm Bob the Canadian. I teach English here on YouTube. I have a live lesson twice a week. Although next weekend there's only one because I'm taking next Saturday off. Um and I do a lesson every Tuesday. I have a second channel. Um if Todd or Dave can do like command second in the chat, it'll show you a link to the second channel. It's called Bob's Short English Lessons. I do three videos a week and I've started doing a live lesson where I play a game called GeoGuessr for about an hour on Sunday nights and you can play along with me where we um view on Google Maps Street View different places and we have to try and guess what country we're in. It's a lot of fun. It's not for everyone. It's not really an English lesson but I do try to point things out as we're playing so you could learn some uh, new vocabulary. Um anyways, tomorrow uh the lesson from yesterday on water will be re-released in a shorter format. So, for those of you that like to watch it again or simply listen to it again, that will be available. You should uh, watch that if you want to review all of that vocabulary. And I think I've gone on and on enough. Bye to Eugene. Bye, Anuat. Bye to Natalia Belgrade and Natalia Illusion. Bye to Mode Ags and Madi and Julia Olise and Brent from American English with this guy. Thanks to Dave and Todd for once again doing an awesome job moderating the chat. You guys help make this happen. Bye to Judith. Bye to let me just scroll back. When I see names, I recognize bye to Semra. Uh bye to everybody. Bye to Talk Italian with Arone. I'm gonna stop saying bye, people. There's too many names. There always is. Um, thanks for watching. Have a great Saturday, whatever is left of it for you. And I will see you again uh, in a few. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. 
If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.